welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to episode 14. Today I'm joined by a lovely guest, Monica Beavers, all the way from New York City. Monica is an IVF coach, a speaker, and author of the book, The IVF Planner. This is a personal journal to organize your journey through IVF with love and positivity. Monica is married and she's blessed with two beautiful IVF daughters and also a stepdaughter. Monica is the founder of the Facebook group, The IVF Journey, a safe space for women and couples to find support inspiration, hope, and connection between one another. Monica helps lots of people in the TTC community going through IVF to shift their experience, to think of IVF in a positive, uh, positive light, and to ultimately prepare themselves for a positive and wondrous outcome. Monica's articles have been featured in the Oventon Post and the Tribe Global, and she's very active on Instagram and Facebook. You can connect with her on Instagram at Monica Beavers. You can also reach her through her website, www.monicabeavers.com. So welcome, Monica, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Ola. It's really an honor for me, especially because, you know, I, um, I, uh, I was surprised to be in touch with you. And uh, I have read a lot about uh, Nigeria as a country for being a very hot spot for uh, fertility treatments now. Yes, it is. Uh, so it's really an honor because I think that uh, what I do and what you do means a lot. And we need a lot of the support in our community. Thank, Thank you me. so much for inviting me. It's an honor. Thank you so much for joining us. So to start off, please tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself. Okay, a little bit about myself. So you say some uh, of the things uh, there, <laughs> yeah. but um, yes. So I was born in Colombia, um, okay. in, yeah, in Bogota, in the capital. And, you know, I was always kind of uh, like a free um, spirit soul. Mm. I went to university. I come from, a, from um, two parents that they were married about 15 years and then they were divorced. Oh, um, which I th- mm-hmm. yes, but you know sometimes it's the best. Sometimes to stay together mm-hmm. and not you know so. It, and I am a, the, the older of three girls. My parents were very fertile. My mom and my dad they never have any issues in fertility. Actually, my mother come from a family of a big you know of a lot of kids. Same dad and same mom. Eighteen uh, kids, nine girls, nine boys. Eighteen. <laughs> Eighteen. My wow. Dad. Nine girls, nine boys. Same dad and mom. So I have about 253 cousins. In I was just going to ask you, like, how many <laughs> nieces and nephews? Wow. <laughs> oh, listen, my grandfather lived until he was 102. So he was able to, to, uh, to know and meet his fifth generation. Oh, that's my first amazing. IVF, yes, my first <laughs> IVF daughter met him. Oh, wow. So they come from a family, specifically my mom. They were very mm-hmm. fertile, you know. Uh, in Colombia, there is a saying when a girl gets pregnant that easy. So they say, oh, you get pregnant with the blow of a kiss. So oh, wow. all my aunts mm-hmm. and all my uncles will have family easy. So I grew up and I was never, you know, I was focusing on the now in the sense of, you know, I study, I go to school, then the university. Yeah. And when I finished university, well, I, I was not 
thinking about getting married or kids because the world was upside down like it is now. So, you know, you never, but, um, after a few years, when I was actually close to my uh, 30th birthday, I met my husband in Match.com. He was living here in the States. (laughs) I was in Colombia. He went to meet me and we fall in love basically very fast. And then we got married there and I'm moving here. He had Mm -hmm. a daughter from a previous marriage. So when, uh, you know, when I came to live here and we were married and she used to come to the house, you know, it was kind of a little hard for me to let her go back to her mom, you know, because Mm -hmm. she abused. And she was very little. She was one year and four months. She was still a baby. So it's like that stage that nobody can contaminate the the, the thing. So she's pure. So I start to think about, you know, now I really want kids. I'm not in that thought of, and I say, that's it. I'm going to get pregnant like this, the blow of a kiss. So we were trying for about a year and nothing happened. So I start to get worried. I was like, he already has a child. I come from a very fertile family. Something is wrong with me. Went to the doctor. He said, listen, don't take it so hard. A lot of stress plays in trying to conceive naturally. Mm-hmm. So he put me on Clomid for six months. Nothing happened. And then after that, he said, okay, we're going to go all the tests. We did all the tests, everything came okay. But um, when they did, uh, when he ordered the esterosalpingogram to check the tubes, yeah. so that's when we found out that my tubes were blocked. It was mm-hmm. due to a very advanced stage of endometriosis that, you know, in previous years, there was yeah. no so much advance in medicine to treat these kind of things. And we didn't even know. My periods were always heavy and very painful, but they were very punctual. So I never that's thought. Okay. Today, I know that a heavy period, very crampy, a lot, heavy color, it can be endometriosis, you know. I didn't know at that time. So he said, we did a laparoscopy to try to open them. Didn't work. So what was our only way? IVF. So we went through in vitro. Uh, We didn't know what it was. My husband has a child from normal pregnancy. I never knew, you know, what it was. I heard Mm -hmm. about it, but I didn't know. So it was a little frustrating. It was scary. It was like, you always come with it. What if? Doesn't work. What if? Yeah. So we did the first in vitro with a doctor, very smart doctor, very knowledgeable. And he was very optimistic all the time. He used to tell me, don't worry, you're going to get pregnant. I can see your, uh, you know, eggs growing. He was really not only optimistic. He was realistic of what he was seeing. So that yeah. helped me a little bit to that. But it still was very stressful. So when I got pregnant, I have my first daughter, whom she is now 14. She's going to be 15 in November. Wow. And then you know what? We never ask about freezing embryos. They never told us in the clinic that we could freeze the remaining uh, embryos. Nothing, you know, like... So what happened to them? What happened to them? Actually, in that time, they retrieve a lot of eggs. 14, uh, from 39 eggs, 14 fertilized. And by the end, I think there were about six embryos, four did it to the last stage and we transferred that four. Okay. We didn't ask about frozen or they didn't told us, you know, because we were new to that. So we said, you know what, if she wants us, after she born, we said, you know, she wants a sibling, we go to another IVF. We took it for granted. The first one worked that. Well, that's when the nightmare actually started because then after about two years and a half, we went to do another IVF with the same doctor. Unfortunately, um, through the stage of the medicine, in one of the calls, one of the nurses 
mix up my chart with another lady chart and they oh, gave no. me a medicine that it was wrong. So I got OHSS. My ovaries ah. went super high. I have to cancel. They have to cancel yeah. until all my hormone levels, you know, go down. My ovaries mm -hmm. come a little bit to the normal size. size yeah. It was frustrating. He recognized it, you know, and he was very, he was my first doctor. So, and we are, we are different, you know, it's upsetting, but mm -hmm. you know him. And he said, you know, let's wait that everything comes back to normal in your body. And we wait three months and I give you another cycle, no charge. And he also gave us back whatever medicine amount we were doing. Within my third cycle, after everything came, came back to normal, three, four months later, came okay. I got pregnant. We transferred actually four embryos. Three were male embryos because we wanted a boy. Yeah. And one was a girl. I didn't want to transfer the girl because he said she's a little behind. So you don't know if maybe she's going to. But my husband says we transferred four. We want you never. The, the male embryos were very high quality, but for okay. some reason, this girl beat up these three and I got pregnant from the baby girl. Oh, wow. Uh, unfortunately, at 39 weeks, and she was normal. I did amniocentesis and all of that because I was 37. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I developed some uh, blood issue, clot, blood clotting problem. Oh. And because of a uh, blood clot in the umbilical cord at 39 weeks, she, I had to go and deliver a stillbirth baby girl. She died. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, it was, it was devastating because a complete baby. You know what? In this, in our community, no matter how far you are pregnant, mm -hmm. when we lose, we lose. Could be seven weeks. Miscarriage of early time. Yeah. Nobody knows except us. How hard is that? So the, the more, the further it is, it's more difficult. The same when you have a child is already born and unfortunately yeah. you lose a child when he's seven or 18, it's, it's stronger, it's much difficult. So for me it was devastating. The relationship with my husband was affected too because each person grieves differently. So my only, I was very selfish because it's a, it's a, it's a surviving thing, I guess, from humans. I was so much in, to my pain, I didn't want to feel that pain, so I forgot about that my daughter is there, my mom is there, my husband is there. I just wanted to heal, and I wanted to jump like right away on another IVF. I want to fill that space, that baby. And then, yes. you know, imagine my body is producing milk. I have to wrap my, my breast to dry the milk, so it's, it's a mess. So my husband was like, I don't think it's a good idea that you jump right away on another uh, in vitro. You know, you need to wait. We talk with the, uh, our doctors and they say it's not a good idea, at least wait four, five months. Right. Forget it, Ola. I just, I, I waited that my, my hormones from the pregnancy come down the 40 days because you still are bleeding. Mm -hmm. As soon as I got my first period after exactly 41 days, John went to a different doctor that my doctor recommend me because he, I told him I don't want to do it with you, not because of you, it's because... I think that a change can help. You know no, how you right. are, man. Yeah. He gave me another doctor. I went to him. He told me, I don't think you are prepared physically and emotionally to do it. Forget it. I was a donkey, stubborn. I insisted. They went away and did it. I got pregnant. But because of what he said, physically, emotionally, I was a mess. Seven weeks later, I miscarried. Oh, and then so all sorry. together through the drain. You know, my relationship with my husband went even worse. I was emotionally a mess so eventually we came to a point that we almost got divorced with my husband and we said okay so 
is this what we want or there is still love? Because you know, sometimes a relationship can be just working because you are, um, you got used to that person, but there is no right. love. So mm-hmm. you need to analyze. So we say, okay, we love each other or there is only habit, a habit that we are together. No, we love crazy. So let's work on that. We focus on work on our relationship, not thinking about babies, healing the loss of Isabel, our, our 39 week old baby, mm-hmm. healing our miscarriage, healing and working on each other. Me on my issues, he on his issues and communicating. So we dedicate a year to do that. And then after a year that we see, you know, things are coming back to place. We say, we're going to do a try, a last try, our last IVF. If we get a baby, good. If we're not, that's it. We stay with Aaliyah. We did it. And it was, it, that's the time that I decided. I said, you know, I've been alone on this, on this journey. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. You, you know, you as a woman, I felt that I was defective, that I was not worth it. You know, like I born defective. I cannot have children naturally. So you start to see all of that. And I didn't know that this support exists. And it didn't exist as much as it is now. No, yeah. So that last one is that I start to think, you know, what am I going to do? I am staying in the house with my kids and it's amazing, but I want to do something that I love. And I start to think this is what I want to do. I want to help others that walk this hell of a, a roller coaster to yeah. make it, you know, easier for them to make them see that there is hope. I am proof of that. I have a baby. I am now I'm pregnant. So that last cycle, uh, I was on Lovenox you know, blood thinners to avoid mm-hmm. that, that it ha- happened. Yeah. I was checked, um, you know, monitored almost every week. And my baby Maya born. And uh, when she born, you know, it was kind of when, when oh, she yeah. saw, my husband was the first one that saw her. And then he put <laughs> it on me. And when he put it on me, I was like, okay, you know, I feel like it was healed. I feel it's the same soul of my baby Isabel, different right. body, but you know, it came back to the right time. So that helped me to heal completely that pain doesn't mean I forget it, you know, but it helped me. So all this struggle is what put me where I am. And now Maya is seven and I have Elia. And basically that's my journey. And all this inspired me to write my book and help others and be here with you. Yeah, wow. You have such an incredible journey. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, we're just so thankful that you have those two beautiful IVF daughters now. And, and, and from that, like you said, you are now who you are, helping other people and giving back and making the journey easier for other people, which is amazing. Yes, and I love, I love what I do, Ola. I really love it. Yeah. Wow. And so as, a, as an IVF coach, which you are now, and I know you've spoken mm-hmm. about it and how you that came to be based on your own experience and how lonely it was. There wasn't a lot of support for you. How do we help people now? How can people benefit from what you do? Okay, so basically I will say that an IVF coach like me or any fertility coach, how we can help. I said, actually, I am that missing piece as a coach Mm -hmm. between the clinic. Yeah and the patient on that empty space that is the emotional part. You see, uh, as I told you in the beginning, I have my doctor and he was very optimistic from the medical point of view. So he will tell me, 
you know, your eggs are growing amazing, your mm -hmm. hormone levels are amazing. And sometimes I was like, he's talking like Chinese because I don't know medicine. But <laughs> you don't understand exactly. He, yes. <laughs> However, once I am out of the clinic, there is other patients that come in. They cannot offer that support because they are working 24-7 on helping yeah. a bunch of people getting pregnant. So I am that missing piece because I think that emotional... Um, stage of mind is very important yes. in a process that involves fertility or medical assisted to help us to get pregnant. And this is what I didn't have. You know, yes, I, could, I have my partner, I have my mom, and that it's a little bit of the emotional support. But the real thing is when you have someone that have walked that path and can come and tell you, listen, this is the tools that you need because I've been there. Mm -hmm. That is going to help not only the person as a patient or as a client, but it's also going to give the clinic a good name because the more, the, the, the better success rates a clinic has, more yeah. people are going to go through there. How that can be increased by someone, a fertility coach, that is that piece that help between the patient and the clinic. Because if the patient has a mental and emotional state of mind that it's not perfect. I'm not saying you need to be oh la 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 all the time and happy. Yeah. No, yeah. but that is, it's um, in a in a work in a continuous work during that process. Mm -hmm. That by default, I I will say is gonna help to increase the possibility of an outcome of a pregnancy. When you know because IVF by itself, all that medicines and all of that, yeah. it's putting you in Very a stressful. State. Yeah. And the mood change, you know, you are putting, exactly. you are overwhelming your body. You are, uh, you are basically pushing your body to produce more than the natural way. Yeah. So you increase the possibilities. So I am that missing piece. And, um, and I think that it, it's, all the clinics should, should have some kind of contact or people. Today you start to see that too. They have a lot. I am now, for example, I work a lot in partnership and collaborations with CNY, which is a fertility clinic in the whole mm. state of New York, and they are mm -hmm. opening in others. So, you know, we work in that emotional part and we partner for that. So it's beautiful. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and it's very important, like you said, IVF, the whole journey, it's, it's quite stressful. And many times you, you want to speak to someone that understands. Like, again, the clinics are different. They're doing their own medical aspects. But you need someone that handles the emotional part, someone that can sit with you and someone that you can tell what you're feeling, how your state of mind is, someone that, like you said, you've also gone through that whole journey yourself. So you understand what the person can be feeling. And, and totally. The, absolutely. Yeah. So that's Absolutely wonderful. That. And, but, so you said that clinics use, clinics have uh, use your services, but can people also uh, contact you by themselves if their clinics don't have that service? Absolutely, absolutely. That's why, you know, our services, that's why there is people like you and me exist. I can have someone that is doing IVF in Nigeria, mm -hmm. or I can have someone that is doing, and they don't have that in there, or the clinic doesn't provide it. Or maybe if they provide it, they don't feel connected, or the approach of the person that is serving, it doesn't fit with them. I right. have my website, most of my work is online. Most okay. of my work is online. Uh, you know, webinars, podcasts, and my fertility coach program itself is one-on-one. -on -one. It calls okay. the journey to love. 
Mm-hmm. And then it's divided in um, in three parts. Uh, there is a part that is called like the main diagnosis. We do like a um, discovery call that I offer. This uh, that discovery calls are at no charge. Why? Okay. Because you know the person needs to see if I I am matching for that for he her or his mm-hmm. needs because it's women and couples. Okay. Uh, and then if they decide to go with me, then we go in one time diagnose. Like if they want just, you know, let me help me just to get into the process and we see from there how it goes. I go with that. But then if they go into the process and they want to continue uh, the support, so I have yeah. that, the two-week wait, then uh, the whole pregnancy package and then okay. the afterwards. So they can choose any of the package in the whole journey. And it's one-on-one. And I have about, I always, when I have, I don't handle more than five to six people. You know, I see that five. If you women. have a group session or? No, one on one, but it's not only, more okay. than six, you know, like so okay. I will have six clients that I will work because I need to also set my time. You time, know, I right, cannot okay. over one. But I like more one on one. So I say women because today, you know, there's a lot of women that want to be your single moms. So they yeah. go through IVF and a sperm donor. And I say couples because it's, it doesn't matter what uh, couple, it could be same sex couple. You know, mm-hmm. men, men, uh, women, women, or um, a men, women, a person. I don't mind because couples also go through IVF and it's overwhelming for you know yeah. for anyone. Mm-hmm. So that's how I handle it, and okay. it doesn't matter where in the world you are. Okay, that's great to know that you can connect. People can connect with you even from here all the way from Nigeria. You can also work with them. And it's good that you noted the fact that you also work with people that are using donor eggs and donor sperm because that's again it's becoming a big. Um, it's a big reality for many people now. And many times people are not really, there's still a little bit of, um, they're not, they need to get to the place where they're comfortable with the idea. So it's, Ooh, it's wonderful yes. to have someone like you help them to understand uh, how that can still be beneficial with them, to help them work through their questions and their concerns about using a, a donor egg or sperm or uh, embryo adoption. Exactly. That's yes, beautiful. because it's, it's uh, I myself, you know, when I think about myself, I'm very grateful that they are both my kids. But at the same time, I go back and I say, okay, what if I should have considered that possibility because today, mm-hmm. you know, but I also can understand why a person can get into a very difficult path in deciding that. Exactly. So there is many ways to work that path. And then I, I will work also with coaches that they are expertise in right. like, for example, egg donors. So I have, for example, a friend, Jana, she wrote this book, Three Makes Baby. Oh, and yeah, she, I've heard about it. Yeah. Yes, Jana, she's amazing. <laughs> so, and she is very, very knowledgeable in that part and that approach. So, you know, it's not only me when something comes, because if I have a client that comes with that and I see that I don't have enough tools to help, so then Mm -hmm. I will find help from someone else. That's what I love in the community. I love that this is more of collaboration and not competition. I don't like competition. If Mm -hmm. I feel that I have met someone that is too competitive, I back up right away because I like to cooperate. (laughs) and that's, that's wonderful way. yeah <laughs> cooperation is great i mean it's it's perfect like you said if you need uh, other people's services you you have the friends you have the network of people to reach out to and to make sure that the client has the best 
outcome at the end of the day, Absolutely. right? Which is your goal. Absolutely. That's what it is because, you know, eventually even if I cannot help you with that, so I recommend you someone, but in the end, it's also my success if you're going to exactly. end up with a baby in, the, in the, your arms, you know. I yeah. didn't do what I could, but I refer you to someone. And so Who it's all about you. collaboration. Yes. That's wonderful. And I'm happy that your husband and yourself were able to work through that whole situation. Uh, I wanted to see if you could speak a little bit about the impact that fertility journey, I mean, the whole infertility journey and, and IVF treatments, the impact it can have on relationships and what couples should do to try to protect that relationship while they're working to have a baby. Yes, uh, so that's a very, very good question, actually, Ola, because definitely, even by trying to conceive naturally, that itself can impact the relationship. Because, mm -hmm. let's face it, trying to conceive, getting pregnant, call it naturally or uh, with fertility methods, mm -hmm. uh, it's not easy. It's not like, no. you know, it's really, the, it's a very, very small possibility of that, you know, so... Uh, if a couple, let's see, they are synchronized in, in, in the same goal of conceiving yeah. and they can't. So right there is start to bring a little bit of tension between the couple because, uh, you know, we are humans. Our mind work very, very strange. So we can start to feel that the problem is within us. We have a problem like it happens yeah. to me. I knew it was me the guy has a girl and I come from a very fertile family. So it's me. And by, by starting to look, at, to look at myself, that I am the problem, that I am not worth it. I am underestimating myself. And by doing that, I start to, it's basically my uh, serotonin, which is my happiness hormone in the brain goes down. Yeah. When I am down, all of what is surrounding me and my reactions towards it, it's going to be that low because I'm low myself, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm in that. So that right there, we are creating an environment that can cause tension. So I always said this, I always tell to couples before, always think that you are here for a reason. And it was not the baby. It's, it's mm -hmm. really, you fall in love for some reason that there were no baby. You didn't look at that woman, I mean, I'm, oh, that's, you know, yes, it's a term that say, oh, that I want you to be the, the father or the mother of my kids. Yeah. But, but that's, a, that's more the metaphoric part. You, you fall in love because there was physical attraction, because you want to share more time with that person. You are putting mm -hmm. that person and yourself first. Exactly. So, the problem when we are focusing on baby is that when it doesn't work the way we want or as fast as we want it, so then it's like we feel that the world is falling apart and we just, that's the only goal. We forget about everything else. We forget about our past happy moments. We forget about childhood happy moments. We forget about even sad moments. It's like, I just want that. that that's, it's like we create some kind of necessity that is mm -hmm. the only thing that is going to make us feel alive. So we need to try to understand that, yes, getting pregnant or having, trying to have a baby yeah. is not easy. So being aware that any way the journey, it is natural or with fertility treatment, is not an easy one. So when we create awareness, it's going to help us a little bit to handle that low moments. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Communication is very important. I remember that when they told me, oh, you need to go to, to IBF. Look, I cried my eyes. I, I thought that the world is going to end. I, I couldn't believe it. And then my husband is like, listen, you know, like he was mm -hmm. like checking me. Yeah. Chill, chill, you know, relax. There is a way. It will be worse that they will tell us, you cannot have kids. You, you can't, you have no air reserve, zero, nothing. There is no way. Then cry. And, you know, so you need that kind of balance. Um, I have uh, in my group, I had a, a, a member. She was amazing and she was very young. She was, I think, a few years with her boyfriend. And they wanted to do in vitro because they were not getting pregnant for a while. And she was 24. Hola, look at this story. Mm -hmm. 24. They were, I think, four years together. They look into possible, you know, in vitro. When they told her that her egg reserve was basically none and that she needs to use the only possibility is egg donor that she could carry, yes, yeah. but she needs female egg donor, mm -hmm. he left her. Like you just said a few minutes ago. In his mind, it was very difficult to, to catch, to understand that mm. the girl that is with him cannot. So all of this is something that we need to be aware. So I, I always suggest to people that is like entering into IBF already to choose that. What was the, your diagnosis? Oh, it's unknown infertility. Okay, so that's good. That's good news. So unknown, there is no blockage to the, so means that everything is, it seems good. So let's try to work this. Right. And the first step that they tell, I tell them is try to work on your relationship. Are you in a strong relationship? Because to bring a kid to the world in a messy relationship is not going to help the kid and it's not going to help the couple to get pregnant. So the first thing I recommend is, okay, so you want to, to, to take this way. Are you guys in a stronger position as a couple? Do you love each other? Are you going on a, on a date? Do you have mm -hmm. once a week time for yourselves? At least yeah. once. Uh, are you talking? Are you laughing? Are you, because I tell you something, I am blessed to have a relationship with my husband that we joke, we talk, yeah. we, it's not perfect, we argue too, but we have learned, and we are already almost 18 years together, and sometimes wow. we look at each other and we're like, how we do this? <laughs> do this? You know, like, yeah. So it's very important that before getting into this, make sure that your relationship is strong. So that's another step, you know, anything in life needs about 90 days uh, right. challenge it to, mm -hmm. to get into a place. So the same. So if you are the young couple or even if you are a me at, uh, in your middle 30s, close to 40s, but why? Because quality of relationships, of communication, of talking and emotional um, balance is going to open that door that if you get into this difficult and roller coaster journey of IBF, you can handle it because you're gonna always go back and say, okay, yes, this is terrible. We might not be pregnant or whatever, but we have each other. Yes. Now for a woman, and this is for any couple, any mm -hmm. same sex or heterosexual, this works the same because couple is couple, communication is there, doesn't matter. Now, mm -hmm. when there is a woman that wants to be a mom and a single mom because she want any relationship, that is a little bit more complicated because still there is relationships with your family with your sisters we if you don't have family or sisters with your friends so the, the, it must be somehow 
a line of support and a line of creating also a relationship that is balanced and is going to help her. So definitely, when you, when you jump on this journey, I will recommend you to first check in which status is your relationship because it can affect you for sure. So then if you are in a, in a strong position, if you are there for each other, and as, again, there's nothing perfect, mm-hmm. that if you know that you are 16 years together or eight years together and now you yeah. want uh, the, the road to par- uh, parenthood, and in that eight, six years together, you have all your ups and downs, but still together means, okay, I have built a stronger relationship so I can handle this because something comes, so I'm going to put you first. Because anyway, without your partner, you are not going to be able to have a baby. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, again, women that are want to do single is different, but still the emotional part is different. So when it comes to couple, make sure your relationship is strong enough to accept that something like this is not easy, but you're going to put that relationship first. By doing that, you are right there, increasing the possibilities of a positive outcome because you're going to roll a little bit more chill. Right. Wow. Thank you so much. That's so much wisdom right there. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I wanted to see if you could talk a little bit about your book, The IVF Planner. Yes. How can it help so, people look into the IVF? Okay. So my book, give me a sec. Yeah. <laughs> So my book, how so why I wrote my book? That is mm. funny because oh gosh, hold on. <laughs> yes. Um, when I wrote my book, why mm. I decided to write it. So you see, during all my five cycles of IVF, we know that it's a lot of numbers. You know, yeah. it's hormonal levels, your blood test, yeah. uh, how many follicles are growing, the exact um, measure of the follicles that is exactly. supposed to be. Yeah. They cannot, you know, measure less than this, less than that. And they're going to check your left ovary, your right ovary. So everything, I was taking note in papers. So I was going <laughs> crazy because, okay, I have them, but I didn't have like an organized record of the day by day, right? Yeah. So... I was like, I cannot do this. So I bought, you know, like one journal, like a a blank notebook and I started to put the dates and everything and put all my numbers, the measurements of the eggs, the results, and then, you know, all the triggers. And once, you know, the waiting of the two week wait. Yeah. And it was so hard because then, uh, you know, you are so emotional, uh, distressful from all the hormones and all of that. Sometimes I forgot where the heck my book it was. So I said to myself, you know what, I need to create something that is going to tell people what is IVF, have a little bit of uh, terms, I have a glossary there, because sometimes you don't understand what are the terms, you know, it's just letters, B, uh, FP, big fat positive, I didn't know that. Yeah, no. Then, uh, you know, like, you know, P is a G, all of these terms, so I said, I'm going to do a book that is not only a book, it's more your journal. You tell your own story. So my book has, of course, my story. It's not too much of a text because basically it's for that. But, you know, I'm telling, for example, an introduction about myself. Mm-hmm. I have few parts. I have a, like um, journal overview. I have 
the first part, which is um, the basics of the IVF treatment, because a lot of couples like me and my husband, when we entered into that, we were new, we didn't know what it was. Then I have a part two that has medical providers and clinics, how they handle it, their policies in general, you know. Then finances, because like you said, finance is something that is such a big impact in IVF. And then the cycle itself. And in the cycle itself, you know, I have all the charts, medical charts, you know, insurance charts, all of that. Then the wait time and the results. So what is your wait time? So the two week wait, which is, I think that is the more crucial part yes and very stressful (laughs) terrible and you know what i tell my clients in that time i tell them listen once they transfer you an embryo yeah you are pregnant it's the same like when you get pregnant natural you are pregnant and you need to think exactly like it is because that's what it is now if the pregnancy and negative is the same that when you get pregnant naturally you discover that you are pregnant naturally and you have eight weeks and maybe something happened and you miscarriage it's exactly Mm -hmm. the same so i always tell them walk with your mindset that you are pregnant because i've been there and don't do a home test oh Oh, yeah every day yeah those three days after four days are so stressful it is and you know what happened the most accurate test is your beta test because mm-hmm. a lot of women go do the the home test and it comes negative and then that is going to drag them down and what if they're yes. pregnant you know so don't do that and then my book has a complete chapter of the two-week way in which you write everything plus also you how have you're some- feeling every day Yes, you have oh. a look. I have like a wait day one, and yeah. there is a coloring mandalas. Oh, that's color- nice. I love coloring. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> me too. That, that worked for me amazing when I was uh, pregnant for my little one and doing my last cycle. Coloring yeah. is so, you know, art therapy and all it, of that. Yes. So that, and you have one for each day of the 14 days. Oh, that's beautiful. So you, and then you have a journaling part so you can write how you feel. Now, if you want to write and cursing your book do it because (laughs) the idea is to also allow your your emotional and negative feelings to feel them feel them yeah take them out allow them not Mm -hmm. pile them up and oh no let me put it on the side and i'm gonna think positive no because to think positive or to fill yourself with positive thoughts you need to allow the negative to be felt you know what i mean right right so that and of course I have all the glossary and I have what happened I have a part that you can write when you have a big a, a big fat positive or a big fat right. negative and I have a part for multiple cycles so it's super okay. organized beautiful yeah yes and, and I I love it you know I wish to maybe one day try to do it like a binder that you can write more Oh but yeah, exactly. Me, if you have multiple cycles, right? More. Yes, exactly. Because mm. in the, I'm honest, you know, I have a journaling space according to maybe what I went through. Right. But if it is multiple cycles, you're going to need more pages. So I will suggest when someone gets my book, you can take a little copy of the part of multiple cycles and okay. bind it over it with together. the book. But and when can you get the book? They can get it. Amazon, Amazon, all Amazon, okay. and okay. they can get it also in Barnes and Nobles or in Balboa. I think I can send you the link. Okay. And Amazon, and Amazon, the, yes, Amazon deliver all over the world. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah, Amazon, Amazon actually, you can uh, order things from Nigeria and you can get it here. So that's. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's wonderful. Um, if you had a, a quote or 
word of affirmation or daily affirmation that you think will be helpful to someone going through infertility, what would that one quote or affirmation be? There is one that I actually I, I use a lot in my Instagram, but there is oh, okay. um, there is one that is very simple, and it's uh, you know I put it in my Instagram. It says I'm worry, so I cross over the worry word, ah, yeah, and I put I'm a warrior, right? Because we are, we yes. are, you know, <laughs> you are. There is, but but why we are warriors too? That and why that's my favorite for one reason. You see. When a person gets pregnant naturally, yeah. they don't, they get pregnant naturally. They don't know. So I always tell anyone going through IVF, you know, this is the closest that mm. God, God basically is showing you there <laughs> how it's done. Yeah. Most people, when we, you know, when they get pregnant naturally, they don't know, you know, they intercourse and that's it. You assume and then, you know, they put the legs up, some beliefs that this and that. <laughs> yeah. But when you went through, through IVF, it's so beautiful. The, the most beautiful part. Because when they retrieve your eggs, you are on anesthesia. So that's mm-hmm. just, but when, when they do the transfer, you are allowed to see that. So yeah. it's so incredible. When, when every transfer I had, I was like, God, you know, like not everyone has the chance to see <laughs> yes, this, you know? That's, yeah. So it's like to see that, and they are showing you because you see in the screen, they show you, look, 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 mm-hmm. and you see that little dot, and that dot is going to be one day someone like me. You know, I like know, right? <laughs> so every time I tell someone that is so stressed out, oh, I have to go to IVF, or oh, this is my 10th cycle, I always tell them, okay, so were you able to reach the transfer time? Yes. Just look at that moment when you can see that. Don't look about what happened after. Yes, the negative. Focus on that. You are the closest, you are like, you are chosen, you are a warrior that was chosen by God yes. to see the closest, the, the magic that he works on us. Yeah. So that's why is my favorite. There is many more, but I'm worried, scratch that, and I'm a warrior. And you can't never lose hope yeah. because mm-hmm. hope is something that is going to keep, is what is keeping this world somehow running with the still beautiful people. Yeah. And be an inspiration. Every, every hardship that we have in life, and trust me, I've been through, you know, I tell you, I wish, and, and I, I wish that no woman, no parent would have to go through the loss of a baby or son or whatever, because I've been there. Mm-hmm. They said, when you lose your father or mother, you are an orphan. When you lose your husband or wife, you are a widow or widower. Mm-hmm. When you lose a kid, a child, what is that name? There's no name for that. There's no name, no. So I, I tell you from my own journey, when, when you go through a lot of hardship, that teach, teach us, and we have a choice. Doesn't mean that I am not prepared for anything painful today. I'm human. I, I am now, I'm, I'm talking about the now. So yeah. we, we can choose either light or either dark. I was in the dark, and trust me, I was, I thought crazy thoughts, because when you lose a baby or something, you, you just don't want to feel that pain. So you go to really very dark places. Mm-hmm. But if somehow there is a little light that pulls you up, Choose light, choose that, because something is going to come that is going to show you why that thing happened. Not in that moment, or trust me, when I lost the baby, I was like, why this happened to me? Why? I want to know. And you will never know in that moment. But eventually, you know, 
it was not the moment for my daughter to to born. It was not. I'm, I'm sure it was not. You know, it was so much mess in my emotional and my things that I think it would have been a very not right time for her to be here. So she came later on, a few years later, really? in the right time. Wow. So that's what I can tell you. <laughs> wow. Thank you. That's beautiful. That's definitely something to hold on to and to hold on to hope and never give up. Thank you. Yes. So, I mean, you've mentioned a lot already, but as a wrap up, any words of encouragement for someone dealing with infertility, either by themselves or as a couple? Well, listen, uh, Ola, like I told you in the beginning, if there is anyone in your country or anywhere in the world, because now today you have podcasts that are uh, listening all over the world. Um, Remember where you were before you were here, you know, before infertility. Yeah. Always remember your life before infertility, because it's something that definitely you can hold on to. You know, we born and we start life like children, we are pure, we have no filters. As we grow, we grow with that. Because you know, the world is, is, is not perfect, has a lot mm-hmm. of things that we need to take care of, protect and everything. But always remember the happy moments. I interviewed a few years ago, Dr. Bruce Lipton. He is a very, um, he's very uh, smart guy. He had wrote many books. He lives in New Zealand. Okay. And he talks a lot about epigenetics. It was hard. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he said that we need to remember happy moments because the happy moments are what encourage us to move on. Mm-hmm. And doesn't mean we need to forget the past or the sad moments, but make balance because the happy moments are the ones that are going to teach us to continue that. Right. Life is not perfect, but it's the same like like sto- history. You know, in history, there is bad and good things to happen. You cannot erase history because you're going to learn from it. From the bad, you're going to learn that you don't want to repeat that. Mm-hmm. And from the good, you learn that this is what it works. So I focus on that. Right. So if you have a struggle of going with infertility there as a couple, as a woman, and you are like in the 16th cycle, and you're going to tell me, oh, but I have 16 cycles, so you're telling me that I don't want to repeat the, the past. No, you are not repeating the past. It's, each cycle is different. There is something there. There is some kind of thing that you need to shift. What? I don't know. I'm here to help you. Let's see what it could be. Right. But one thing you cannot change is the past that before infertility and look at the happy moments look at your childhood remember the the most favorite time you have when you were five go back to that mm-hmm. and that is going to help you to get a strength into walking this path because if you are entering a path focusing only on that and stressing out about that trust me it's not going to be good it's not i've been there so the idea is to have a little balance, balance. And what gives you balance? Remember that you have a life before that. And if you remember that, then you can handle a little bit better this. Doesn't mean that you cannot feel. Feel. If you want to scream, scream. If you want to curse, curse. If you want to cry, cry. That feelings must be allowed to feel because that way you are taking them out to then open a space to good things. That's the best advice I can give you. And that's a wonderful advice. Thank you you so much, darling. Thank you so much. It's been amazing having you on here on the show. You've shared so much wisdom 
so much advice and things we can do to make our fertility journey and uh, IVF journeys much easier. And uh, lots of listeners also know that, that they can connect with you for support and to help them through this whole journey and to be able to have a, a positive outlook on the whole IVF process. Absolutely, Ola. And remember, I have, I can give you a link. I can email you a link so you can email your audience to Discovery Call. I have a, a 30 minutes or one hour free of okay. charge Discovery Call. Oh, that's they can, you know, yeah. Yes, yes, I have that. You know, it's, it's, it's something that must be, you know, it's, it has to be done. So then people can know they shift with you, they can connect with you, or the same in my side. Exactly. That's wonderful. Thank you. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So okay. as, you, as you all learned from this episode, Monica Beavers went through a very difficult fertility roller coaster of emotions. And through her experience, she learned that perfection is, is imperfection and imperfection is beautiful. So she took her experience and created something positive to help others. Today, she coaches and mentors women and couples all over the world. People going through IVF and teaches them to squeeze the sweetness out of their journey. Like Monica said earlier, she offers one-to-one -one programs on IVF depending on the path of the journey that you're on. And you can reach her on Instagram at Monica Beavers or connect with her through her website. She's also very active on Facebook and has many guest speakers that come on there to encourage others. The details would also be in the show notes. So thank you so much, Monica, for coming on the show the way you've used your experience to build something so beautiful and now helping so many other people see IVF in a positive light is so inspiring. It's been a pleasure having you on here with us and having you share so much wisdom with us. And we hope to have you in the near future. Thank you so much, Monica. Thank you. Thank you so much, Olan. I hope to be again in your show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.